refresh your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Loud, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destinations. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guests' mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon. Thank you for taking the time, <clears throat> excuse me, time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guests. I hope you are feeling well today and are accomplishing a lot with spring cleaning and the change of seasons. You can find my free report, Seven Ways You Receive Spiritual Messages, on my website, www.catherinemlab.com. If you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can sign up through my website. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Jonathan Robinson. Jonathan is a psychotherapist and the best-selling author of 12 books. He has been a frequent guest on Oprah and CNN, and his work has been featured in USA Today and Newsweek Magazine. He is here today to talk about his latest bestseller, More Love, Less Conflict. I'm really excited to introduce you to Jonathan and look forward to learning all the wonderful things he has accomplished. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? It's great to be speaking with you. Hi, Catherine. I'm, I'm really good, and uh, I've been busy lately. <laughs> What's been going on? Uh, well, the book, uh, More Love, Less Conflict, came out just three weeks ago, but it's uh, done better than anyone expected, so I, I've done uh, 90 interviews in the last three weeks. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Yeah, it feels good because um, I think the the book uh, and its methods are really helpful to people, and that seems to be what people are saying, so that always feels good. Yes, the little book bit that I did look into it already, I'm excited to be reading it and see what point is I can learn. Well, we'll try a couple of the methods uh, on here today and see what you think. Sounds great. So... As we were talking, I pulled a card from my Angel Therapy Oracle card deck, and it's Earth Angel. You are a light worker who has come to Earth to teach about love. Isn't that a beautiful card that explains everything about you? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's fortuitous. I feel good about that, yeah. Okay. So this is a, a female angel, and her eyes are closed in meditation, 
She's holding a ball that's like a yellowish, golden yellow color, and it's full of butterflies. And those butterflies actually are about your own transformation because I feel that you have at least two more books in you to be sharing. And I think you may go in a different direction with the next book. So um, if you don't know now, let me know in the future so we can follow up with that. But you also have her wings are gigantic, but they're very close to her body. So it represents as much as you love to help people, you kind of hold, hold to yourself and you have a lot of protecting going on that there's something that you haven't shared with the world yet. So is that all accurate? Yeah, I, I think that is all accurate. And uh, I do have a different book in mind uh, as my next one. Um, some of my books have to do with spiritual topics uh, directly. Uh, more Love, Less Conflict is only indirectly about spirituality. It's more about relationships. But um, I, I also protect myself in a certain way in that my uh, meditation is my favorite thing to do. So I'm always trying to protect myself from getting too busy. Oh, that's wonderful. Because that is a big message to everybody because everybody doesn't take the time to take care of themselves. So that's a big part of my message that when you make yourself first, everything else falls in place. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. And we all Thank have to find what really works for ourselves, and that takes some experimentation and some just trying different stuff until you find the thing that works, and then you have a friend for life. Yes. And I'm still investigating myself. I've tried different things, and I'm not quite there yet. So I'm still on my learning journey of what will help me. Uh-huh. Well, one of the things I've done, Catherine, is I have interviewed um, 50 psychological and spiritual leaders, everybody from uh, the late Mother Teresa and the Dalai Lama to Oprah to Wayne Dyer to Deepak Chopra, and I'm always asking them, what's your favorite method for uh, connecting more deeply with love or peace. So I've collected about 150 really good methods, and I mostly you know, write about them in my book, like in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I have 50 of them. And I'm a kind of a lazy person, so if a method takes longer than about a minute to do, I, I find that I won't do it. So almost all my methods take under a minute to do. And yet they definitely lead to more love and more peace, at least they have for me. I used to be a very depressed and suicidal teenager. So that's how I got into all this stuff is just trying stuff and seeing what worked for me. Okay. And that's why I'm doing my podcast because of my incident in 2014. And it made me recognize that, yes, even as a teenager, I had depression. And nobody really recognized it until, um, I guess, 2003 with my first suicidal thoughts of, um, you know, I don't want to hurt myself, so I was hospitalized. So thank you for sharing your journey because 
too many people don't want to reach out and say, I've gone through this and I'm going through it. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to talk about these things because I don't know if you know this, Catherine, but uh, uh, suicide rate is is higher than it's ever been, and it's uh, somewhat doubled, I think, in the last 25 years. And, yeah. you know, depression is higher. It's a hard time for being alive, but on the other side, the technology of feeling better, of getting to a place of love and peace, keeps getting much better. You know, not just our iPhones are getting better, the methods to get to love and peace are getting better. So I'm in touch with all these people who have these great methods that most people don't know, and so I've been able to reach a couple hundred million people, you know, mostly through radio and TV, just disseminating these methods because I see that they really can make a big difference in people's lives. Yes, and that's what helped me with my journey is because of the spirituality um, journey that I began and listening especially to Wayne Dyer. He was one of my favorites. And these people are so powerful, and I always try to recommend, especially, again, Wayne Dyer, that people listen because he has such powerful information to share. So I'm looking forward to learning all your powerful information. Yeah, Wayne Dyer, actually, I have a Wayne Dyer story for you, if you want. Okay. Because uh, we became friendly before he died. And um, uh, I did a book many years ago called, uh, uh, I, it was, pretty much guided, say, for my angels or whatever, to do this book in which I interviewed 40 spiritual leaders, and Wayne was one of them. And um, so I did the book, and it was called Bridges to Heaven at the time, and it sold very, very poorly, partly because it really interviewed all kinds of spiritual leaders, you know, including the Dalai Lama and Deepak Chopra, all these people, but it was put into the Christian section of bookstores because it was called Bridges to Heaven. So it kind of, you know, died there. And about two years later, um, Wayne Dyer called me up and he said, uh, I really, I read your book and I loved it. I thought it was the best spiritual book I'd ever read. I said, well, thank you. You know, he said, uh, can I buy it? And I said, uh, well, you're in it. Let me just send you some. And he said, no, I want to buy the rights to it, you know, because I want to sell it in all my workshops. And I said, great. Wow. And he said, but I think the title is wrong. I think it should be called The Experience of God. Well, when I first got the idea for the book, I was told by my inner voice that the title should be The Experience of God. So somehow he tuned into that and, uh, and we repackaged the book and it became a bestseller because he was backing it. So it's, uh, it shows you how intuitive he was and how he was a really good guy as well. Yes. And I have to share that um, after his passing, his family and, and Hay House did that wonderful um, tribute to him. And at the end, his family was on stage and his daughter was singing a song. In the background on the curtain, I could make out his image on the curtain just the way it was flowing. And I took pictures, and it was like, this is so amazing. He was standing there with us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Great, great soul. Yes. 
Well, I want to get to talking more about you and your book and everything. I found something on your website which is a description for your book. Again, more love, less conflict, a communication playbook for couples. Life is stressful. Life shouldn't be. The pace of modern life leaves so little time to truly connect with our partners. Yet the need for good communication has never been greater. Most of us have had little to no training in how best to communicate in ways that foster deep trust and intimacy. In this book of strategies, best-selling author and couples therapist Jonathan Robinson will show you how. In this book and blog, you will discover 15 questions you can ask your partner that will instantly lead to deep feelings of having love between the two of you. The, next, the five best ways to never argue again. I love that. How to help your partner to really get you. How to overcome any problem with one simple question and one simple statement. That is powerful information. Can you elaborate on that, Jonathan? Well, sure. Um, well, one thing, your, your listeners can get the uh, questions that lead to instant intimacy on my website for free. Uh, it's at morelovelessconflict.com. And if they put in their email, they'll get an instant download of, of those questions. And they're nice because you can literally use them anywhere, you know, with somebody at the bus stop or with your child or your lover or uh, a friend. And they always lead to intimacy. Um, you know, I, I really like to focus on methods that are so simple that a lazy person like me can use them even when stressed because sometimes you forget theory. So here's like one really, really simple way to avoid arguments. Um, my wife and I have been together about 25 years, and uh, we used to argue a lot, but in the last five years we haven't had a single argument because we've been using this technique. Uh, and that is, uh, it's called red light. And when either of us start to get really upset or tense, and uh, we know that we're moving towards trouble, we can just say the words red light, and that means that we have to take a two-minute break and just sit and be silent until we calm down. And when you don't have that momentum of upset leading towards, you know, saying hurtful things or scoring points, it really, really helps. So, you know, we take a two-minute break, and then we're back to having a a more uh, rational discussion. So that's the type of thing that, you know, I have 50 of these methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book that can be done really, really simply even when you're stressed out. And that's the type of thing that I find is really useful for me and also for other people. Okay, so I have a question in, um, I have OCD. Uh-huh. And I have a tendency that if I don't get my answers right away, I need to keep going. So how do I apply that into my personal case? To into your personal way? Into, into my situation to uh -huh. actually allow the red light to work for me. Uh-huh. Well, can you give me a specific example of, of uh, what 
you're talking about so I have a better sense of how to answer that? We'll bring it down to basics. Okay. Um, we have a double sink in our kitchen, and a couple weeks ago my husband took out a, um, a high chair cover that I had in the left sink that needed to be washed. When mm -hmm. my granddaughter was here, he took it out of the sink to put on the high chair. I said, that's dirty. He says, no, it's not. It was in the left sink. So then we would get involved into, but don't you understand the whole sink means that everything's dirty? So mm -hmm. I get stuck on having to get the explanation to him and him not getting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of women have a similar situation with their husband where they don't feel like they really understand them or get their feelings. So what I find is that men often will either try to fix something or dismiss somebody's feelings, and that feels terrible. So I usually train men in one of the methods in the book, which is uh, just completing the sentence, uh, I notice you're upset, uh, can you tell me more of what you're feeling? And then they acknowledge that feeling. You know, let's say you say, well, I'm really frustrated and angry. Uh, then you say, yeah, I um, you know, really get that you're frustrated and angry, and is there anything I can do? That type of stuff, m most men don't have any of that training, and it drives women crazy because until you feel like they're getting you, it's very hard to let something go. Once you feel like he understands you, it's much easier to let something go. Yes, exactly. So, so in other words, when that So wouldn't it be nice if, if uh, you, know, you and your partner both played by the same rules that you had this understanding? Uh, I, I find that you know, when couples come to me as a counselor, uh, they never walk into my office and say, Jonathan... Uh, we really understand each other quite well. That's why we mm. want a divorce. That doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's really about learning to give each other understanding and empathy and learning how to solve problems effectively. And the good news, Catherine, is that most couples are terrible at this. They don't have any training in it. And I say that's good news because... Somehow they're still making it work. It may not be easy, but when they do learn how to do this in a way that leads to more love and less conflict, they can like immediately double the amount of love in their life because now they're doing what actually works. Okay. So when that point would come that um, frustrated, would I still say red light and hope that I could wait the two minutes? What do I try to explain that I'm frustrated? Well, there's lots of different things you can do. One thing would be to do the red light. Another thing is you can ask your husband, do you know what I'm feeling right now? Well, just asking that question forces him to consider that, which men don't normally consider. He'd say either yes, then you can say what, and now you get to talk about your feelings, and he gets to hear them, or he can say no, which then gives you permission to uh, say what you're feeling. Uh, because women are generally very feeling creatures, more so than men. 
and they need to learn to get men into their world so that they feel better understood because I'm sure when you feel really understood and gotten by your husband you're much more relaxed and much more caring about him yes it's like a, a Jekyll and Hyde situation a lot of times yeah yeah and you know men usually don't have a clue about how to do this they've never read a book on it they uh, due to evolution or whatever were taught how to kill buffalo that was how men were successful for the last 300,000 years but now there aren't any buffalo to kill there's just your wife there and they haven't learned how to speak empathetically and being able to understand someone and speak empathetically is really the key to more love now in relationships. So it takes a little, a little bit of training, not much, you know, an hour. You know, read a book for an hour or listen to somebody talk about some of these methods for a bit, and it can really make a huge difference. Okay. Um, Would you like to try a method or two now? Yes, please. Okay. Well, um, since there's 40 different methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a uh, guess as to which one to try. But let's do one that's really simple that always makes relationships better, and I call it the appreciation game. And in the appreciation game, we take turns completing this sentence. Something I notice about you that I appreciate is... Now, I'll get to that in a moment, but the reason you want to do this is because studies show that the number one thing that leads to happy relationships is the number of appreciations couples give to each other. And they have to be sincere, but it's not that hard to do. I mean, I, I get caught up in work and things like that, so I actually have Siri on my iPhone remind me to do this every day. You know, don't tell my wife this, Catherine, but, you know, I, I see this, and, and I go, oh, okay, and I think of something I've appreciated about her that day, and she feels very loved by that, and then she usually tells me something that she's appreciating, and that helps us to feel better about each other, and then when times get tough, we have kind of some, some money in the bank, so to speak, that uh, we can handle it better. So... Catherine, something I've noticed that I appreciate about you is that you're very honest and vulnerable and transparent. And I think that is really great because it helps uh, you to, helps people to identify with you and um, helps them to feel closer to you. So thank you for, for doing that. Thank you. That was wonderful. And then you would complete the same sentence, you'd say something I've noticed about you that I appreciate is. Okay, Jonathan, something that I notice about you is that you connect deeply with people, and I feel your spiritual world is very strong, especially with the people that you've interviewed and connected with. And from that, I feel that that is why you have accomplished helping so many people. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And, you know, this is just a very simple exercise. We just 
have known each other for a little bit, but mm-hmm. it helps to move us towards greater intimacy. And if you look at the word intimacy, the instructions for finding it are in the word, into me, into me see. You know, when we let our, our reveal stuff about ourselves, more intimacy and more love is created. But it helps to have a method that kind of guides you in that direction because there's so many distractions nowadays and so much stress that we get sidetracked from this, the thing that's most important in life. Yes, and in our case, it's struggling financially because although I do my podcast and whatever, I don't have an income. My only income is disability, and Tony supports me, and he has his side business, but it's not really doing well. So, you know, right now we're struggling with do we move out of state so that we can survive. Uh That is a big stress factor in our lives, and because of it, we notice that we get on each other's nerves a lot more than we used to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people are under a lot of stress nowadays, so it's very common. And so the question is, can you learn to communicate well while under stress? And most people don't know how to do that. Uh, So it's helpful, once again, well, it's helpful to have these things that keep you moving towards love and connection even though you're stressed and an analogy I sometimes use have you ever been to a bowling alley where you see these um, they have like bumpers that they put in the uh, gutters so that if a child is bowling it can't throw a gutter ball have you ever seen that yes yeah so think of these communication exercises or, or methods as a way that you can't throw a gutter ball you know, if you're focusing on appreciation, you're not throwing a gutter ball. If you're uh, focusing on the 12 questions or the 15 questions that I have on my website, you can't throw a gutter ball. And it really helps to feel like your partner's on the same team as you because, you know, life is stressful enough. You don't need, you know, to be living with somebody who you feel is working against you. Right. I did download those questions, and the one for me is, what's one of your darkest secrets? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's usually not the question we start with, but um, it, is, uh, it is one that when people feel safe enough with each other, it helps to establish even more intimacy, and um, it helps to take down the wall. But if you want, I'd be willing to answer that. I, I try to pride myself on not having secrets. Okay. So, Jonathan, what's one of your darkest secrets? Uh, one of my darkest secrets... Uh, let me think what shows up for me right now. Um... I have a really hard time with the words, I love you, uh, because when I was growing up, I had a stepfather who used to beat me a fair amount. But when he would do it, he would, he would beat me with a belt, and he'd say, the reason I'm doing this 
is because I love you. So whenever somebody says the word I love you to me, it it reminds me of that, and I get kind of, uh, I don't know, scared or closed down, because to me it kind of means you're about to get beaten up. And uh, I haven't made much progress on that. My wife uh, doesn't say that anymore. <laughs> I say, you know, instead of saying those words, why don't you just show me that you love me? Uh, but that's that's a problem that I've I've had for a while. That's interesting. That I, I can understand that fully, and mm-hmm. I I pray and and that you have the guidance to learn to accept and and let that go. Yeah, that'd be nice because usually people say it sincerely, and I get a lot of people saying nice things to me. It'd be nice to not have that reaction anymore. That's wonderful for you sharing. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Sure. So you looked at those tw- those questions from my website, uh, and you liked that one. Uh, let me ask you one from there. What helps you to feel really loved? Um, when I'm feeling appreciated, when t- Tony recognizes something I do, I'm uh-huh. a borderline and I've been working on clearing stuff. And the only thing that he usually says to me is, well, you know, when are you going to take care of this? When are you going to take care of that? And it, it degrades me because I'm accomplishing, but he's not recognizing what I am accomplishing. Yeah, so yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's too bad that people are so unskilled at that because – if he literally took a minute a day to find something that you're doing that he appreciates, you would probably feel a lot better. And when you felt a lot better, you'd probably treat him a lot better. So it would be like the best thing he could possibly do for himself, uh, and it would be rather easy. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I will share that with him today. Yeah. You know, one of the times I was on the Oprah show, I talked about doing a one-week kindness experiment. And what you would do is you would say one nice thing to a person every day for a week. It takes, you know, over a week, probably five minutes. And just notice the effect. And uh, if it was a good effect, you know, keep it going. So I find when people try stuff, they're often flabbergasted by the simplicity and power of the different methods that are in the book. Okay. Would you like to share some more of the methods? Well, I sure. One of the methods is um, simply to say, right now I'm feeling and right now I'm wanting. Because when we say what we're feeling and what we're wanting, it gives anybody who we're talking to a lot more better information as to where we're at and what, where we want to go. You know, if you have a good map of where you want to go, it's not that hard to get there. But if you have no map, then it's hard. So um, just sharing that information with anybody leads to greater intimacy. So right now I'm feeling 
a little worried about uh, my voice. I've been doing a lot of interviews. <laughs> and yeah. I wonder if my voice is getting tired. <clears throat> and I'm wanting to uh, drink uh, a cup of water while you complete that sentence so that my voice doesn't get too hoarse. Okay. So <clears throat> right now I'm feeling excited because I am getting to interview people like you that are more well-known in the world than just um, the people that are trying to get known. So thank you for interviewing with me. Sure. And what I want to do is get myself more focused so I can continue on the track that I'm going because I have shiny object syndrome and the focusing will get me where I need to be. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. And, you know, through little things like this, we get to know each other better. We get to understand each other better. And understanding is one of the keys that leads to more love and less conflict. I love it. It's, it's so simple, like you said, and, and it's under a mimic. So I am looking forward to reading the book and sharing the book with my husband and lots of other people. Yeah, I get a lot of letters from people saying it really transformed their relationship, and that always feels good. You know, I'm not doing anything. I just found these great methods from various people and, uh, you know, worked for me, so I thought I'd share it with other people. Uh, but little things can make a big difference. Yes. And at the times... Um you know, because there have been incidences where Tony would say to me, you know, well, what about this? And I would turn around and say, but don't you appreciate what I have accomplished? And then he says, yes, I do appreciate it, and I'm sorry I'm not showing my appreciation. But he has to be reminded. Uh-huh. Well, he might do the old thing I did, uh, which is I have a, a daily reminder on my iPhone. You know, and that has actually worked for me. And I always say sincere things. I'm not, you know, just making up anything. These are things that I already do appreciate, but I just forget to say them because I get caught up in stuff. Right. Exactly. That's what happens. I, I notice that the day gets away from us. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, um, Catherine, there's really three levels of communication. There's... Uh, what is called informational, where you're just sharing, you know, I'll be back at four, or what's the weather like? And that's, we need that form of communication, but it's not nurturing to our souls. And then there's uh, what could be called um, emotional communication, where we're really connected with what somebody's feeling. And the book has a lot of methods for dealing with that and helping with that. And that feels more nourishing but there's even a deeper form of communication, which is uh, talking about what's happening now. Like, you know, uh, like for example, right now, um, my back hurts because I've been sitting all day. Uh, and, um, you know, when you talk about something now, it makes it even more relevant. Uh, I also notice that I, I like how you... Um, are very 
down to earth in terms of saying what you what you're thinking like i don't have to guess with you and that makes doing an interview with you easy thank you um so you know little things like that are kind of are helpful to try and get to the deeper forms of communication right right yeah um we do have that happening now type thing because um I call it my disposal system. Is always uh-huh. out of whack, and I let Tony know. For instance, today my bladder hurts because of a um, an illness that I have related to my bladder, and we're trying to figure out what did I eat last night that could have caused it. So uh-huh. that is, a, you know, one of the topics of conversation of what's happening now. So uh-huh. we do have that part. Good for you. That always helps. Yes. You know, um, I, I sometimes joke about how we're all subject to WMDs now, not, not weapons of mass destruction, but widgets of mass distraction, you know, like phones or Facebook or whatever. And sometimes it's hard to get to a deeper level of communication. And a lot of us have gone for quantity, like, you know, a thousand Facebook friends but a thousand Facebook friends doesn't really equal one really good friend. Right. Because they're really acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that you were on a TV show with Gerardo and Donald Trump. And you yeah, were yeah. In the previous book. So, how was that interaction? Well, before I tell you about the specific interaction, um, I think one of the things we can see with Donald Trump is that, you know, he he grew up in the rough and tumble New York real estate market where you have to kind of be like this tough, macho kind of guy to get things done. And, uh, And he succeeded in that. Um, so he, I'll call that, uh, the one form of communication, like, uh, the, the, um, I don't know, alpha male form of communication. Mm. Well, that worked for him, but now he's trying to use it as president. And one of the things in presidency is to actually have people like you and really, like you as a person, and he doesn't excel at that. Um, whether you like his politics or not, eighty-five uh, percent of Americans say they don't like his personality. Right. That's, that's almost everybody. Um, and his wife won't even be in the same room with him. And according to Donald Trump, he said uh, a year ago that he has no actual friends. So his wife doesn't like him, he's been divorced a few times, and he has no friends. That's partly because his communication style is very um, blamey. You know, never when I blame my wife has she, upon me telling her how wrong she is, has she said, 
Oh, thank you for showing me the errors of my ways. That's so helpful. Now I'll have to change. You know, that's never happened. <laughs> so, you know, he's trying to do that as a president, and he's running into all kinds of problems uh, because he doesn't have the flexibility to communicate in any other way. It's like he only knows one language, but it happens to be a language different than what most Americans speak. Right. Because of his upbringing, I understand that. So why don't yeah. you think about sending him one of your books? <laughs> well, um, I know that somebody in the administration has tried to uh, get him to read one of my books, but was unsuccessful. And certainly he knows about my books because we were on the show together. Uh, he was criticizing the makeup artist who was putting on his makeup. And I mm -hmm. thought that that was unusual, you know, so I'm listening in, I'm a couple feet away, and finally he, he uh, you know, says, I'm done with you, and, and I'm right there. So he says, who are you? And I said, I'm on the show, and I'm waiting to get my makeup done. And he says, you shouldn't bother, she's horrible. And <laughs> I said, uh, I, I was kind of put off by this communication, so what came out of my mouth was, well, you, you didn't give her much to work with. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know, screw you. And I said, uh, well, I, I know that you like honest communication, and I was just being straight with you. And he said, okay, that's cool, and walked off. Um, so that was my... my uh, on the uh, Geraldo show. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think he could up his approval ratings 20 points by saying just a couple sentences. And I think that's true for a lot of husbands, that if they just knew how to say the right things that were important to people, that their approval ratings would, and the amount of love that they got, would skyrocket. So, you know, imagine if Donald Trump said something like this. Um, you know, I've been really blaming a lot of people for things and not taking full responsibility, and I see that I need to start doing that. It's not that other people aren't doing stupid stuff occasionally, but we got to learn to work together to solve problems and get back to a place where we're caring about each other, and I'm committed to doing that. Now, yes. if he said that, wouldn't your respect for him go up? Yes. And if your husband said that, wouldn't your respect for him go up? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, so it doesn't. It's not like people have to learn uh, these complicated methods. Um, they just have to learn a few key things that can turn things around. Right. And as you're demonstrating, they're very simple, and I'm excited about that. Um, you know, I, I know plenty of people that the stress in their lives affects their relationships. And I'm excited to learn more and as I digest everything, be able to share each individual mm -hmm. situation with people. I'm yeah. kind of rambling because I lost my words. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you shared that you're married 25 years and for five years you have not had any really um, conflicts. And that's exciting. So um, 
as a psychologist, when you're meeting with couples, like you mentioned you do, what is the most common issue that comes up for most um, couples? Well, the most common issues have to do with uh, money or sex or parenting. So there's real things for couples to work through. And um, once again, if you know how to work through problems effectively, it can, you can work through all those things in like five minutes. If you don't know how to work through things effectively, you can blame and complain and shame your partner for decades and not work through anything. So I find that it's interesting that communication is something that we do pretty much every waking minute, but most people have never taken a course or read a book on it. You know, it'd be kind of like you, you spend 40 hours a week at your job, but you never actually read a book or took a course in it. That would be ridiculous. Uh, but that's kind of what's happening. And it's, look, it's sad for me because I, I see that you can get so much better really quickly if you knew how to, say, for example, work through problems. And, but, you know, there are real things that we have to deal with. Yes. We do have a lot in common with other people if we shared our situations. And I, I find that people are hiding that type of thing. And um, I want to share something from yesterday, which I understand, but at the same time I, I'm... I'm a little torn over it. My daughter just became an um, executive assistant to the CEO, the CFO, and like four higher-ups in the Nature's Bounty vitamin company. And uh -huh. she's in charge so much with um, charities and everything. Now she wants to bring in women to empower the women on their team at work. So uh -huh. I said, uh, I would love to do that myself because that's part of what I'm doing. But she doesn't want to share with her coworkers that I had a suicide attempt. Uh-huh. So I'm torn in the relationship part of it. Do I just accept it or do I try to work around it and not say I actually attempted suicide? Uh, and tell her, her co-workers or your daughter probably right. knows. Right, her co-workers. Yeah, her co-workers. Well, I think the first step to anything is trying to understand what a person is thinking and what their reasoning is. So the first thing I would suggest is that you ask her some questions from curiosity, like why don't you want me to do this? What do you think would happen if I did this? What might be the downside to doing it, what might be the upside to doing it? Get her so she feels understood. Once she feels you understand, you can have a much better conversation that um, comes to a conclusion that both you appreciate. But if you don't understand her, it's very hard to come up with something that would be agreeable to both of you. Right. So, and, and also, it works the other way around, that she would better understand what your thinking is uh, and why it's important to you. Right. And it just now hit me, 
why it would be good for me to go in is because my mission is to let people know I was there, but I've overcome. And she's, she's putting it out as an embarrassment to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't yet understand your view as to how it could be valuable. Right. And even if she, um, if she understood that better, but still felt it was not appropriate for her current situation, that would still make it a little bit easier for you, you know, because you might not know the details of her coworkers and things like that and how they, you know, people, you know, keep a lot of secrets, and some people that's just how they, they prefer to live their life. But it would help if she really understood your mission and your reason for uh, being so open and transparent. Right. I guess that part she hasn't understood yet. She just looks at me as I was the failing mother, and she still sees that part in me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, once people understand each other, it feels so good that the underlying, quote, issue, you know, whether you could be open about this, usually becomes unimportant because what we really want deep down is everybody wants to be understood and everybody wants empathy. You know, when I was talking to Oprah, that's what she kept saying that, you know, I asked her, how'd you go from the bottom of society, you know, where she was, you know, a poor black girl in the South. She lived, never lived in a house that had even a toilet in it, you know, her whole uh, upbringing. And she was put in the retarded people's class in school, and she she uh, had a was raped at age ten, and then raped again at age fourteen, and then had a stillborn child. Then twenty years later, she's the most loved person on earth. I mean, that's quite a jump. And she said it all came down to her being able to show people that she understood them, and. that one trait was like a superpower that rocketed her to the top. And that's exactly what's happening with me because I've been there. I've been through so much struggles myself. Mm-hmm. And I actually attract the people without them even knowing why they're being attracted to me. And then they feel so much better because, oh, I can relate now. There's somebody else that's going through it or has gone through it. Yeah. Which is interesting because that was going to be my next question is that you were, you know, you interviewed Oprah and the Dalai Lama and other people. So what makes them great communicators? Well, what makes them great communicators is that, that you feel like they fully get you or understand you, that they get you on an emotional level and that you're like the only person in the room. Um with both of them. So you feel like they're not distracted, you don't feel like they're defensive or they're trying to sell you anything, you just feel like they really, really understand. And that's something that literally anybody can learn if they have the right method and idea. And once you learn it, you become like a magnet for people because everybody wants that. 
Um, so, you know, I was so shy. I had no friends as a teenager. And now, you know, one of the problems in my life is I have too many friends, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh, you know, a different problem. But um, I, I think these little things, such as what Oprah did, uh, shows how powerful they are because, you know, she's not particularly smart. She's not particularly good-looking. She certainly had every disadvantage in life, but right. it still led to her being the most loved person on earth. Yes, and that is so good that somebody can experience that and let the, peer, the people of the world know where she come from and how she got to where she is. Yeah, yeah. It's a good role model for us as to how much yes. one can... Uh, change one's own life and situation. Mm-hmm. And I know I still have a ways to go, but since that time in 2014, I think I've come a long way. And my, like I said, my mission is not really to make money, it's to help people. And so everything else will fall in place in time. But I just love talking to people, and I love getting them to understand that everything is okay. And especially with the stigma of mental illness, that we want to get rid of that. And my simple message to everybody is, well, haven't you ever been depressed? Don't you know what depression feels like? How about anxiety? Have you ever been anxious about something? And when I made it so simple to so many people, they say, oh, my God. Now I do understand. They're no different than I am. Yeah, yeah. We're all so much alike. You know, you and and your audience might be interested in another thing that I do. Uh, I have a podcast called Awareness Explorers, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's on iTunes. And in that, I've always asked two questions, How, how to have more love in one's life and how to have more peace. So the book, More Love, Less Conflict, is about how to have more love in one's life. And my podcast, which is free, is about how to have more peace. And, um, you know, I I steal methods from the best of them. (laughs) And I talk about them in the Awareness Explorers podcast. And I think, you know, these methods, we've gotten really good at outer technology, like iPhones and computers, but using this inner technology of how to get back to a place of peace and love, most people don't know much about that. And um, if you learn something that really works for you, then you have a friend for life. So I like to put out the best methods I've heard and make them available so people can use them. Yes. And I only learned that recently. I, I tried to share my own information and my own instincts, and I'm learning that it's okay to share other people's information because that also connects them with that other person. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you can be a midwife that way and and helpful to somebody, that's a good feeling. Right. Now, where can they hear your podcast? Uh, it's available at iTunes or Google Play, or I have a website where they can download it. Yeah, which is awarenessexplorers.com, and it's all free. Okay. 
Okay. So I will listen to it. And is it a live podcast or can we uh, It's pre-recorded, uh, and I... I uh, go over stuff with a co-host, and we just try, we just, we even do guided meditations that show people how valuable certain methods are, and we talk about different ways to tune into the peace within, and, um, you know, you try three or four things, you find the thing that works for you. Most of the methods can be done in under two minutes, and uh, I find that you know, once you find the thing that really works for you, then half your problems immediately disappear because if you can find your way back to peace or love quickly, then a lot of things in your life change. Yes. And I always thought it had to be a long, drawn-out process for anything that I've done. So I'm excited to learn some of these and the ones that you already shared with us. Oh, good, good. And uh, I hope your listeners will download that that thing from my website because those questions can be really nice. You know, I was on a flight recently, and, uh, you know, I just asked one of the questions to the person sitting next to me. And we ended up having a three-hour-long, very great discussion and became really good friends. So, you know, I travel a lot, but wherever I go, I can make new friends because I know questions or methods that can lead to the the intimacy that I really enjoy. Right, and that's wonderful. I, too, I don't travel much, but when I do, I automatically make a connection with the person I'm sitting next to. Like I said, I love people, and yeah. I, I, I just love sharing, and people actually open up to me, and I love that part because I feel like I'm giving them relief. Yeah. Well, you're obviously a very empathetic person, and uh, the, the good thing about that is, is it makes it easier for people to feel close to you. I imagine that sometimes you have the challenge of, of feeling into other people and, and uh, feeling a little bit burdened by their feelings because you're so open. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. my God. It is very true. And that's what brought me to my crisis moment because yeah. I was feeling what my husband was feeling and I repeated the words back to him and that was what did it. So if I don't think about protecting myself in the morning, uh-huh. I can be very vulnerable. Um, I, ha- I have a um, black onyx bracelet I usually wear. I lost it right now, so I have to find it again. But I notice as long as I'm wearing that, I'm not as vulnerable. So that's uh-huh. a big message for everybody, to find what helps you in case you forget to protect yourself. Right, right. That's smart. Well, yeah. I only have about five minutes left because uh, yes. I have other appointments today. Exactly. Um, any uh, final things you want me to talk about? Um, let me just think. Um, what has been your greatest reward? Well, my favorite thing to do in the world is to meditate. Um, but that's something you do separately. What has been a real reward for me lately is I consider some of these methods from the book kind of like a, a relationship meditation, where by connecting deeply, we're kind of meditating on, on love, 
and that we get to feel connected in our hearts. So it's been real rewarding for me to go from a guy who used to be very solo and and uh, separate to having all these relationships where I get to connect deeply with people. Because that was not my forte. It was not, you know, I had to learn how to do that one. And, um, and then, you know, being able to pass on the same methods to other people since uh, I found some stuff that really worked well. But these uh, love meditations that I get to do every day with, with friends and my wife are really uh, very rewarding. That's wonderful. So what's the most important thing that you would want our listeners to take away from our talk? Well, I'd like them well, first to download those free questions at morelovelessconflict.com, and, and uh, that's a good start for them. Uh, of course, you know, uh, I could recommend the book as well. But I think the most important thing I'd want them to take away is that there are simple ways to communicate that lead to more love and less conflict, and that it's good to try out some stuff and see what works for you. And once you find two or three simple things that work for you, uh, all your relationships get deeper and more loving, so it's a good deal. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Everything has been really informative. I would love to invite you back again in maybe six months to continue our conversation. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you. You're very easy to talk to, and and, uh, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. I do appreciate that. So... Thank you again, Jonathan, for sharing with us today. I did really enjoy learning, and I look forward to connecting with you again in six months and following you on your podcast. Everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything Jonathan had to share. As a reminder, you can check out my info on my website at www.catherinemlaub.com. And as a reminder, I offer a free report on receiving messages from beyond. If you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my programs and reading page. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you're local to Central Suffolk County, New York, in person. And again, you can find Jonathan at www.com. M-O-R-E-L-O-V-E-L-E-S-S-C-O-N-F-L-I-C-T dot com and receive his free download, 12 Questions for Instant Intimacy. Catherine Lab, have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational, and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you liked this episode of the Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.